Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Radical Compliance podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kelly, editor of Radical Compliance, and today we are going to talk about how corporate boards perceive the ethics and compliance function. I think we all know that in polite company, corporate board directors always say ethics and compliance is very important, and I am sure for the vast majority of board directors that sentiment is sincere. Today we want to look a little more deeply about what board directors really say and think about the corporate compliance function. So what they believe the compliance function is supposed to do, how much time do they actually spend talking about compliance among themselves, what preconceptions do board directors have when they even do start thinking and talking about ethics and compliance. So joining us to talk through all of that is Joel Katz. He is a longtime corporate compliance officer who has spent much of the last few months leading workshops with board directors and talking about corporate compliance. So Joel, welcome. Thanks, Matt, and uh, thanks for having me today. Sure. So for some background for everybody who's listening, Joel had spent 10 years as head of ethics and compliance at CA, the computer software firm. He uh, also spent a year as head of ethics and compliance for Residio, which is a spinoff of Honeywell. And these days he is an ethics fellow at Bentley University, and he's on the board of the Ethics and Compliance Initiative. Um, so Joel, my first question is just, Tell us more a little bit about what you've been doing, you know, without naming any names, um, who were you talking to and what did they want to discuss? Well, you know, over the past year, in addition to speaking individually to board members that I know about uh, issues related to compliance, I've also been invited on several occasions uh, to speak with organizations that work with board members um, and, in, and specifically to speak to sitting audit committee members about the compliance officer audit committee relationship and how to optimize that relationship. Mm -hmm. I think um, it, it seems to me that it, particularly after the, the whole Me Too movement, a lot of boards are really re-examining um, how they are overseeing compliance. I think some of them were, uh, were caught a little bit off guard with some of the allegations that the companies that they sat on the board of. And I think they're, they're really rethinking their approach to overseeing compliance. In terms of what it, they wanted to talk about, we, we talked about a lot of different things um, from, you know, day-to-day -day nuts and bolts like training and policies to whether boards need dedicated compliance committees as opposed to having it report into audit. Um, the structure, whether centralized or decentralized is best. Compliance risk appetite. Uh, questions boards should be asking to fully understand compliance and and even um, ways to better operationalize compliance um, so that it really becomes part of the fabric of the company. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little more about what their impressions of the compliance function are or their, like I said before, their preconceived notions. Like, for example, we here on this side of the relationship, we always like to talk about how that ideal of a strong compliance function is a uh, strategic advantage for the business. Uh, but they on that board side there, I mean, how are they perceiving if that's what compliance is supposed to do or anything else? Like what struck you? Well, you know, truthfully, different directors had had different views, I think, on, on that topic. I think there was wide agreement that compliance is a valuable and necessary function. And I, the board members pretty much all agreed that they depend upon the compliance team to help best understand regulatory risk and, and, and to be a, a key driver of the right kind of culture at the company. 
Um, you know, that said, my general sense was that board members in highly regulated industries like financial services, pharma, healthcare, mm-hmm. they they depend on compliance probably more than the others to serve in a bit of a, I'll call it a policing capacity to yeah. ensure the companies following what are, you know, often very exacting regulatory requirements. Um, you know, the board members in industries that weren't as highly regulated, they didn't necessarily share the the policing view of compliance. Um, There was universal agreement among board members that they depend upon compliance to keep them apprised of problems and issues at the company. Uh, But there wasn't really any consensus on the best way to make that happen. And, you know, it's interesting. They all all talked about compliance, um, as you just mentioned, as sort of a strategic advantage. But there was also a lot of talk about not wanting to create too much bureaucracy within the company, either at the board level um, or at the operation level. And, and I'm, I think those two positions might be a little bit in conflict mm-hmm. um, because I, in my mind, I don't view compliance, you know, having compliance uh, as a strategic advantage or, or, or having it as a seat at the table. I don't view that as adding additional bureaucracy if it's done correctly. You mentioned compliance committees on the board versus audit committees. Talk to me more about that, because I have concerns about compliance reporting into the audit committee. My fear is that compliance is always the last item on the audit committee's agenda. It doesn't get much more than a perfunctory review that everything is okay. And basically, the conversation is, is the building on fire? No, great. See you next quarter. Um, How real is that scenario in your observation? Well, you know, um, I think most companies, uh, and I think the, the, you know, the data uh, confirms this, compliance reports into the audit committee. Yeah. Um, you know, in more highly regulated industries, I think it's more common to see a compliance committee. Um, there, and I think most of the companies were, pr- most of the companies and the board members were pretty comfortable having compliance report into audit. But in terms of the schools of thought, and as you know, I wrote an article about this that you uh, published for for me in May, yeah. Um, a lot of audit committees simply don't have any real compliance expertise on the committee. So having a, a dedicated compliance committee um, with the right expertise, uh, I, I think there certainly can be value in that. I think it sends a very clear message from the board on the importance of compliance to them if they have a dedicated committee to the oversight of compliance. It would really allow them to, to hone in and and focus on a lot of issues that maybe don't get the level of attention that they should when compliance reports into the audit committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that said, um, you know, boards were very concerned. I mentioned bureaucracy, bureaucracy before that uh, adding, th- th- there's just no need to add another committee that board, uh, com- you know, the board is already very, very busy and adding another committee isn't necessarily going to add a lot of value. It might um, dilute the effectiveness of other committees that might create confusion um, around which committee is responsible for what. And, and truthfully, I think there is some value having all of the gatekeeping functions like finance, like internal audit, and like compliance reporting into one committee. Um, you know, so I think that generally was, was the discussions that we had about that topic. What about that idea of compliance being the last item on the agenda and rushing through just to make sure that the building isn't on fire, we're great, see you next quarter? How often do you think that is really afoot? I think it's very likely, and I think it's it's a very fair uh, point and a very fair criticism of audit committees. Um, 
I think it really depends upon the company. I, you know, certainly from the, you know, I've, I, I know lots of compliance officers. I've spoken to many of them who report into the board. Um, certainly in highly regulated industries, um, you know, where the compliance officer is reporting directly to the, to the chief executive officer, that is not so much of a problem. In industries that aren't as highly regulated, uh, I've heard from many, many, many compliance officers that the scenario you just described uh, where they run out of time and want to know if the building's on fire is exactly how, how it happens. So, um, you know, I was fortunate in the time that I was at CA, we had a compliance committee that we ultimately uh, chose to disband and I reported into audit, but uh, some of the audit committee members uh, were, were on that compliance committee. They always made uh, adequate time to talk about issues. And we did a lot um, where the chair of the uh, audit committee would, would have um, conversations with me on a regular basis outside the context of, uh, of committee meetings. And I, I think keeping those lines of communication open is critically important. Mm-hmm. At many companies, I, I still think they have a ways to go um, to improve the way that uh, the audit committee is overseeing compliance. I also wanted to ask, what concerns do boards have about their own abilities to do their jobs of risk governance where compliance officers could offer some help? For example, whenever I read surveys about enterprise risks that boards worry about, one of those risks is always escalation procedures and a corporate culture that encourages the escalation of concerns in a timely manner. And that is something where I think compliance officers could offer a lot of help. So did you have any conversations along those lines about anxieties board directors have and how compliance can swoop in and save the day? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the things that they're having a lot of trouble with is, is knowing where to focus their energies. And, yeah. you know, that one of the directors, uh, and I wrote down this quote because I thought it was so good. Um, if you know, I'm going to read it to you. Um, Go for it. He said, compliance execution is scattered over a million miles. It's the hardest part of being on the audit committee. It's so broad and you need accountability for everything. And the mosaic of compliance risk we face is almost mind numbing. Compliance is big and it's not a single-headed monster. So, you know, I think first they, they want to know where they should be focusing their energies, but certainly the, the topic you just brought up about escalating uh, issues to the board, we, we talked a lot about that. You know, again, Me Too is probably the best example where a lot of board members were caught flat-footed about things that were going on at the company. And I think many of them legitimately, like how in the world is it that we didn't know about this? So. Yeah. You know, one of the pieces of advice that I, of advice that I would give is that I, I do believe that on an annual basis, the compliance team should be walking the board through the issue escalation process. The whole how do issues get reported? How do they get investigated? When do they get escalated to senior management? When do they get escalated to the board of directors? I think it should be presented. I think it should be discussed. Everyone should agree on a protocol that works for everyone. And I think it should be minuted in the formal board minutes. And I think this should be done every year. Um, So if any changes are made at any point during the year to that process, the board is apprised on an annual basis so they know exactly when an issue is going to get escalated to them. Mm -hmm. That touches on another question I had queued up here about what boards want for assurance from the compliance officer that the compliance function is working well. Um, It strikes me that that's becoming a more challenging task to do because gone are the days when you could just go through a checklist of open regulatory investigations. That's all still there, of course, but there's much more now about corporate culture, conduct risk, 
and related issues that strike me as being much harder to quantify. So what's the sort of thing the compliance officer presents to give assurance for that bigger sort of a picture? Like, like most of us, and I think like most executives, the board members don't like to be surprised. And we, yeah. and we just talked about that. So they want to make sure that the information is freely flowing. Um, but I, I'm not sure they always know what information they, they should be asking for. And I think this is where compliance officers can really help by directing the conversation to the things that really matter. Um, I've personally seen and heard you know, many stories from other compliance officers about board members who focus way too much on one or two issues that in the larger scheme of things really aren't that important. For example, a chief compliance officer I know of a very um, uh, large, well-known company has told me that his board members are just myopically focused mm-hmm. on help on helpline calls. And why don't we have more calls without without any understanding really or, or, or concern about what are the, what types of calls, how does this compare to historical averages? They just want to know why we don't have more helpline calls. And, and I think it's the compliance officer's job to really direct the board board's attention to the things that matter. Um, you know, I, I think building a, a strong rapport between the CP, CCO and the audit committee chair to decide on the types of things they're going to report and, and really the way I've always thought about it is if I were a board member sitting on a board of directors, knowing what I know about compliance, what are the types of things that I would think are important so I could properly uh, oversee the compliance function that I've been entrusted with overseeing? And I think if compliance officers think about it that way, put yourself on that board of directors, mm-hmm. knowing what you know about compliance, what do you think the board needs to know? And then really try to direct the, um, the audit committee's attention to those things. Discuss it with them, explain to them why it's important, and then direct them to focusing on the things that really matter. All right. Well, Joel, that's pretty much all the time we have today, but you uh, covered plenty of ground for us. So thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Again, everyone, that was Joel Katz, a longtime corporate compliance officer and these days an ethics and compliance fellow at Bentley University talking with us about how corporate boards view the ethics and compliance function and what CCOs can do to make that relationship more beneficial for all. As Joel mentioned, earlier this year, he wrote a guest article for Radical Compliance about the pros and cons of a board creating a dedicated compliance committee. I have a link to that article in the post that accompanies this podcast. That's all for today. I'm your host, Matt Kelly, editor of Radical Compliance. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time.